1: So, Roger, you chose Casino Royale, released in 2006. Feels like an eternity ago. Let's watch the trailer. Your file
0: shows no kills. But to become a double O, it takes two. How did you die? Your contact? Not well. You needn't worry. The second is... Yes. Considerably... The man was Le Chiffre, private banker to the world's terrorists, which would explain how he could set up a high-stakes poker game at Casino Royale in Montenegro. If he loses this game, he'll have nowhere to run. You're the best player in the service. The Treasury has agreed to stake you in the game. But if you lose, our government will have directly financed terrorism. I will be keeping my eye on our government's money and off your perfectly formed house. You noticed. I hope our little game isn't causing you to perspire. It doesn't bother you killing those people. Well, I wouldn't be very good at my job if it did. our girl, melted your cold heart yet? James, James, get the girl out. You're not going to let me in there. You've got your armor back on. I have no armor left. You've stripped it from me. Whatever is left of me. Whatever I am. I'm yours. The only question remains. Will you yield in time? (laughs)
2: what a film what a film uh yeah like you pascal i can't believe that we're coming up to 18 years since casino royale and daniel craig's uh debut as james Mm. bond again watching that trailer it was it was such a landmark moment wasn't it it was a complete reboot of the franchise um the, the you know previous pierce brosnan on his way out completely new direction with daniel craig coming in and i mean i think i remember at the time quite a lot of people saying well daniel craig's not a james bond you know john james Bond's not blonde hair he's got black hair doesn't look like sean Connery. doesn't look like dalton brosnan etc this isn't going to work but i think that the 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 quality of the film that we got was probably absolutely necessary to carry off the complete reboot that they that they um, had in mind. I think had the film been a bit of a mediocre film, it could have killed the franchise completely. So on the one hand, they made a very brave decision to try and re- reinvigorate it and take it in a different direction. But they also had a lot of um, pressure on them to create an absolutely standout movie. And and I think they succeeded on both counts. I I think, you know, we we forget because
1: now we've had the pleasure of all the others. Including No Time to Die, reviewed on to Geeks and Marketing Podcast and Skyfall and all the others. Um, The pressure, you know, perhaps now is just, you know, a vague memory for the producers and filmmakers, but it was Mm. real. I remember it was particularly print media that was pretty scathing about um, Donald Craig. And I was completely confused, a bit like, you know, earlier within the news, I was thinking, well, do you not watch movies like I do? Have you yeah. not seen Layer Cake, for example? Why do you have such a strong strong position? It was such ill-informed. I was completely, um, you know, confused by the whole thing. I just couldn't wait to see it. Um and you talk about, you know, being brave. The whole movie feels like a series of brave decisions mm. to begin with from the title. Because, mm. in you know, a Royale, this is almost like the, 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 the cursed movie, you know? because it exists, as we know, as this kind of bizarre, bizarre kind of construct of a comedy that I didn't, I couldn't watch all of it. I was too em- embarrassed, you know. <laughs> um, so you've you've got that. You've got obviously, you know, the decisions around um the, the actor, although that you were always gonna have naysayers, but also the, the storytelling, the, the grittiness the violence, but also um I want to spend some time with, with you on that, you know. The, the the whole opening, the first quarter of an hour, 20 minutes is so so very different, and they had to do that.
2: Yeah, and okay, so so assuming that they've they've taken this decision, it's complete reboot. So the very first scene is almost um, going back to the day that James Bond was promoted to being a O agent. Um, and that's when he became 007. And 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 actually, unless you've read the original book of Casino Royale, the first James Bond book, you wouldn't know that in order to become a O, you have to make two mm. kills. And of course, the, the pre-credit sequence is James Bond making those two kills so immediately you know that in this reboot this is at the moment that James Bond becomes a double O whereas I guess in the in all the movies in the past he'd already made that that leap to being the double mm. O agent um we only get M um played by Judi Dench as the surviving character from the rest of the franchise earlier on so we don't have a Q, um we don't have a miss money penny um and i suppose we have felix Leiter, but it's a different actor so i don't i don't include that um but it in in as far as that was concerned it was a completely different movie and we didn't really even get the james 1 theme until right at the end I know. um you know we, we might get the odd little bit of the uh maybe during the film at significant points but it wasn't the full blown theme until right at the end so the, the you definitely knew you were seeing something different but yes much more physical violence that first sequence you know it's exhausting to watch it. It's it's exciting. Don't get me wrong. It's one of the most exciting chase sequences I've ever seen in a movie. But you genuinely see them getting hurt, and it's physical violence, isn't it? And skin quite, I mean, cut all, and all the practical
1: effects. You're right. Practical effects mm. bruises. I mean. I, I thought, you know, that back to Brave Decisions, so the, the first element is in black and white, very grainy as well. Yes, Almost yes. like you think, well, have they made a mistake somehow? And the way they introduced the gun barrels was very, very clever, Then we get into the shift, but within moments, we went to Madagascar. And, and I knew because, actually, that the marketing did lean on some of that sequence with the, the French parkour uh, creator, Sébastien Foucon when they are mm-hmm. chasing each other, mm-hmm. I mean, and taking incredible risks, you know, including the stunt doubles and, and so on. and so within the first quarter of an hour you go all right this is a different universe this is a different bond um all right i'm I'm all yours take me on this ride into you know what you are reinventing for us
2: yeah and i found an article when i was doing the research for this about the significant change in cinematography in casino Uh royale which perhaps until i read this article i hadn't even I hadn't conceived of the massive change, even though it's obvious when you watch it. So I'll link it to it in the in the show notes. And, and suffice to say that this article is very detailed and it strips down quite a few of the scenes within the movie and shows you how it would have been shot in a previous Bond film compared to how it's shot in Casino Royale. And you can see the difference. And again, you you wouldn't know this um, as a general watcher of these movies. But quite a lot of the earlier James Bond films, even though they were very exciting and they had a lot of action, quite a lot of the scenes were very static. So, you know, you had you had M's office, and it was office often quite a long shot with James Bond at. walking across to the desk and M sat behind the desk. Or if they were in a casino, it would be a long shot of the casino then quite close up. If you watch Casino Royale, there's so much more movement. The camera follows the people around. They, they they the lighting is much more important in all the scenes. The mood, the lighting and on think about the the scene on the train with Vesper Lind as they go to Montenegro compared to the, the scene where he's being tortured by Le Chiffre at the end, the lighting and the mood, it's mm. all so much more planned than ever before. In fact, again, you watch quite a lot of the uh, earlier Bond movies and actually you realise how quite bright they all are and and uh, glossy, whereas this was re- really rugged and really down to earth. And I think that that highlights that complete and utter transformation. And as a cinema t- photographer and film producer yourself, you would notice that more than most people, but this article really rammed it home to me how much of a difference that made.
1: Uh, that's lovely. Because you're right, you know, they, they even went as far as, diff- which is now almost a, a given, different colour palettes for different emotions, different locations, and so on. Mm. So it's in a way, for me, as I'm listening to you, it's almost a movie where they, they had to. Break some rules to, mm. to surprise mm-hmm. the character himself. Break rules. I mean, what, he literally breaks into M's apartment, yes. and, you know, so we talk about they're not, they're not in the office, they're literally in her apartment, you know, private quarters, yes. even breaks into her computer systems. So, by extension, have they broken any rules or they've been brave with the marketing itself?
2: Well, it's, I, I actually found it quite hard to find much about the marketing of this film which surprised me i thought that it was such a big hit and they made such a big deal about rebooting it i just thought i'd be able to find an absolute (laughs) treasure trove of stuff but actually when it comes down to it a lot of it revolves around the poster and the trailer and then, I guess, the big promotional elements came in from the brands that were working with them in the product slots within the film. So we'll just go through very briefly. Um, the, the poster is I, – I, I love this poster. It is actually quite simple. It's got a white background with the 007 and the gun motif sort mm. of faded into the background. There's a proper shot of Daniel Craig – wearing his tux, but with his bow tie un, untied, which I thought was quite cool, looking very much like you would expect James Bond to be. But then the intriguing part of the poster is in the background. You can see the, the Aston Martin car. You can see the Gothic-style building of the casino hotel itself. But those background images are actually within the silhouette of Vespa. Played by Eva Green, you don't see her face, you just see mm. her outline. And to me, that is evocative of the massive, massive presence that this character of Vesper Lind has. I mean, if you think back to all the earlier James Bond films, with the exception of Tracy, I guess, who has been referenced in Bond films after that, that he he was married to her, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera vespa lynn plays such an incredibly important and emotional part in casino royale that she is still felt in all of the others that came after even up even up to the end of no time right. to die vespa Lynn was still part of daniel craig's era and that poster to me with the, her silhouette in the background is almost pre- it's almost a premonition of that her silhouette is there all the time. I, I think I'm, I'm sure they didn't have that in mind when they designed the poster, but that's the way it, it feels to me. And now that you're saying this, thank you very much, because
1: I didn't appreciate it as well that makes sense then for her to be so present in the trailer because i was thinking you know as someone who's watched it again probably yesterday in 2023 that trailer is is awfully uh, full of spoilers i mean Mm -hmm. you can literally watch the trailer and go what's the point of going to see because in the royale and you could be forgiven to think well there's a lot of her character in that trailer and what about it's meant to be a bond movie but you know, I think this back to this idea of watch the film and then look back at the posters and the trailers and you get that extra reward, as we've mentioned, time and time again.
2: Yeah, I mean, you you look back now and it was, it, yes, it was a James Bond film, but ultimately it was probably a, more than ever a genuine love story between man and woman, mm-hmm. whereas a lot of the James Bond films in the past, the women have just been there to have the closing <laughs> shag at the end of the film. Um, there was always, you know, the closing shag at the end of the film, but this is, you know it is key to the entire look and feel of the film and and i suppose that then takes you into the you know beyond the trailer beyond the um uh the poster it's hard to find anything else that the producers did now the website long since has gone there is a there is a sort of mini website on the 007 official website but not the original Um, Casino Royale website the only thing I could find that still exists believe it or not is the Casino Royale Facebook page but that hasn't really got much on it so the rest of the marketing around the film was actually done by some of the products that were placed within the film now we've said before that uh, James Bond films pioneered product placement, you know, way, even way back to the beginning of Dr. No and and, uh, and Goldfinger and From Russia with Love, they were placing products within the films. I can remember in Moonraker, significant adverts of British Airways appearing in that film. In Casino Royale, we've got six brands that mainly take center stage. There's Heineken, Ford, Smirnoff Vodka, Sony, Sony Ericsson, and Omega Watches. And you can't help. I mean, it's sometimes it's almost blatant how they, you know, she makes a. They have a conversation about his watch when they're sat on the train at dinner. But each of these big brands ran their own significantly huge marketing campaigns. Now, those marketing campaigns were about their brands. So Heineken did a Casino Royale campaign, but it was about Heineken. It wasn't really about Casino Royale. But if you look at what they did, they actually created a advert which was obviously shot at the same time because it uses the same locations as the film uh, maybe a slightly different feel but it has vespa Lynn played by eva green Um, effectively climbing the stairs in the hotel, trying to get to the hotel room, thinking that this Heineken bottle that's been sent up by the waiter is actually an assassination attempt, and she's trying to rescue Bond. (laughs) So they almost created a completely separate mini film. And it's a really actually quite good advert, a little bit cheesy perhaps, but it works really well. And Heineken had their own website, with a meet with a countdown clock to the world premiere lots of pictures of vespa there was you know there was a quiz built into it like who's your favorite bond girl vespa lynn mary goodnight jinx Xenia, on a top sigalore etc obviously it was promoting heineken so to to me it was it it was very much a, a film that was marketed by the partners as opposed to marketed by the producers assuming that there wasn't anything that i've missed but i couldn't find anything other than the poster and the and the trailers
1: no and and talking about breaking rules or well, so to speak you know restraint being maybe something that they wanted to to do to accompany the film and yeah and do something that i'm going far as saying is is more elegant than sometime to use M's um, uh, expression blunt instruments of previous iteration of bond, where sometimes it was so distracting, that, you know, because some of the brand positioning uh, was uh, in the double figures, and mm-hmm. you can be distracted by, you know, uh, drinks and cars and, and, and that kind of things. What 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 I think this is probably telling us is that there was a lot of print media because my mm-hmm. memory, particularly around you know this idea of um, people. Being quite negative about Daniel Craig, there was a lot of interviews with the producers, particularly Barbara Broccoli, who was taking over from her dad, and and the uh, and the directors about you know how. They wanted to protect the franchise and the brand, but well, how they, they wanted to move on with the times. So I remember reading a lot of articles. And at the time, I was buying film um, magazines like Impact and Total Film and so on. But the web, I mean, two thousand six. You know, we, we only give yeah. or take ten years onto you know the the web being public to the point that we we know it. So that would make a, a lot of sense. But maybe it's back to this idea of it was a very tight and well controlled. Um, marketing campaign, they didn't have the, maybe the abundance because that could have been tempting, couldn't it, Roger? You mm. relaunched the Bond franchise four years uh, after a four year break, temptations to
2: go all out, all big, and mm. maybe it served them well to kind of keep it quite confined. Yeah, and I can remember, obviously, um, at the time on TV, seeing this, the shot of Daniel Craig coming out of the water with his um, perf- perfectly <laughs> perver- preserved torso. Um, that was that must have been a TV shot or a TV slot uh, or whatever at the time, but it, it, I, I couldn't find any of those. So, some in other interesting stuff, which isn't really marketing-related, but it did catch my attention that film geeks like us would, would look at. There's a fabulous article on Den of Geek about Casino Royale claiming that it's actually three films within one. Um, And this guy actually says there's a movie about the plane, which is the first bit um, where he rescues the sky, the sky, uh, plane. There's the second part, which is what, which he calls the poker game. And then there's the third film, which is set in Venice. And what he says that each of these three sections could actually almost stand alone. And interestingly enough, there's only Bond and later Vespa that figure prominently in, any two of those so this film is less a beginning middle and end and more a film one film two film three which i thought was a would probably legitimize as having a chat all on its own uh, some other really interesting trivia that uh that that i just thought was uh, was quite fascinating was obviously there's the quite cheesy cameo by richard branson yes. <laughs> during the film you know it's a blink and miss it and of yeah. course um the the pettiness of uh, corporate relations but apparently when uh, british airways showed the film on their planes they edited that bit out uh, because they didn't they didn't want uh, their customers to be seeing richard branson i even believe there's a the shot of a virgin plane in one of the scenes at miami airport that they actually um digitally changed to make it a different airline so that i thought that was extremely petty um the this Bond film had the most BAFTA nominations for a Bond mm-hmm. film ever, total of nine. Um, the original book. Uh, the game of cards they played was Baccarat or Chimand Affair, I guess is the French way of saying it, uh, whereas they changed it to Texas Hold'em Poker. Now, I don't understand how either game works, to be pe- perfectly honest, but what I do like is that in Texas Hold'em, apparently a pair of eights is called an Octopussy, which is <laughs> quite a nice uh, tie back nice. to an earlier James yeah, yeah. Uh One Afternoon, um, of shooting, they destroyed three Aston Martin DBS uh-huh. cars uh-huh. valued at 300 grand each so you can tell that's a lot So they the demolished nearly went. 1 million pound worth, dollar worth of cars Of cars, in one of cars so, yeah uh-huh. um, Obviously music You Know My uh-huh. Name, great great theme uh-huh. tune, loved it um, was the first Bond film since Dr. No that didn't have scantily clad women flying around on the screen um, Some great some great dialogue. I think you picked up this bit. (laughs) Vesper's on the train. She says, I'm the money. And James Bond says every penny of it. Maybe that's a a little nod to the fact that Miss Money Penny isn't in the film. Um, And obviously you've already made reference to the um, parkour free running bloke who was just absolutely amazing. And then of course the final line in the movie just before, the credits and the full James Bond film crack, crack, crash in. It's a the name is Bond, James Bond, <laughs> absolutely and superb, superb. And you know that this could be
1: a false memory, but I'm absolutely convinced. I read articles where they were torn about whether this should be the end, as in when he catches Mr. White and introduces his name, or should it be the beginning of Quantum of Solace? You know, they were torn between the two. And I'm so glad they chose for the latter. Well, let's give the audience what what they've been waiting. Because this is also a long movie. It's nearly two and a half hours, which is another very brave decision. Um, So let's give the audience, you know, the final... Kind of salute introduction and then you're right the moment he finishes that line it cuts to you know the the, the gems bomb theme we've been hearing listening since 1962 so uh wow thank you roger it, it was just brilliant to not only watch it again yeah, uh, recently and you know it was delightful because you watch it with the 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 information knowledge of the what's coming next so some of the lines uh, and when they are confused by the network and they don't know who's behind all of this and so on. But we, we know um, makes watching Casino Royale uh, even more uh, you know, in- enjoyable. So thank you very much for choosing that for, for today's episode 102 of Two Geeks <sighs> and the Marketing
2: Podcast. Fantastic. It was such a, a trip down memory lane for such a great movie. Thank you. And thank you for watching and listening to Two
1: Gigs and a marketing podcast. really, truly really, really appreciate your support. So please subscribe if you haven't already. Leave your comments and suggestions in usual places. Until the next time, go out there and make sure your marketing is done right. I was Pascal Pintoni and he was Roger Edwards.